The scripture reading tonight will be taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. And I'll be reading from the King James Version. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, forasmuch as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Good evening and welcome again to our Sunday night service. We're grateful for your presence. We're thankful for the opportunity to be together. As always, we count it a privilege to come together to worship God, to enjoy a period of fellowship with one another. It is our prayer that our time spent together profitable, that our worship would be acceptable in the eyes of God. We do appreciate those of you who are visiting. As always, we encourage you to come back and be with us at every opportunity that you have. In this lesson, would probably be better suited for a morning worship service. But then I think about the need for repetition. I'm not a carpenter, but I do understand that those who are involved in the work of carpentry, they do not drive just one nail in a board, but they drive many nails into a board if they're framing a house or whatever. And so I think in a spiritual sense, what we have to do is drive the point home, not just one time, but on numerous occasions concerning the work of the church. And tonight I want us to look at 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, and here we have the call to Christian steadfastness. And as we contemplate Christian steadfastness, we're talking about being involved in the work of the church. And one of the benefits, I guess, of presenting a lesson like this tonight is that in all reality, this is the core. Those who come back on Sunday night, those are people that generally you can depend upon. Now, we may have individuals out tonight because of any number of reasons, sickness, or maybe people are out of town. I would hope nobody's home watching the Super Bowl, but you just never can tell. <clears throat> but nonetheless, what we want to do is encourage people to get on board and to become more involved in the work of the church. And there is a sense in which this spirit is contagious. And so what we want to do is to try to breed an atmosphere where people want to be involved in the work of the church, where they want to work for the cause of Christ. And their desire is not for personal adulation, but rather to bring honor and glory to God. And so with that in mind, I want to call your attention to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, the passage that Chris read a moment ago, because in this great chapter, the Apostle Paul underscores the importance of the resurrection. And he states, in short, that without the resurrection, our preaching is vain, our faith is vain, and we are yet in our sins. And so in verse 58, in light of all of these great facts, Paul said, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not vain in the Lord. The first thing that I want to call your attention to in this particular verse has to do with the word self or me, because all of us need to see ourselves in this verse. When we read the Bible, let me just ask this question. 
do we read it with a view of self? Do we read the Word of God with the mentality that we're trying to make application to our own lives? Paul said, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. Those of us who belong to the body of Christ are very special people. And the Apostle Paul identifies some of the great characteristics inherent in being a member of the body of Christ. Now we talk about the resurrection and the hope, the future hope of the resurrection. And the exhortation in verse 58 to be steadfast. Well, just think for a moment about who you are in the kingdom of God. Number one, you are a saved person. Now in the Bible, you have people who are saved and people who are not saved. There is a clear line of demarcation. You're either in the body of Christ or you are outside the body of Christ. In chapter 15, in verse 1, Paul said, Moreover, I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, wherein you stand, by which you are saved. If you hold fast the word which I preached unto you. The gospel is God's power to save. And those of us who have obeyed the gospel, we are saved. We belong to the body of Christ. Not only are we saved individuals, but we are said to be sanctified people. We are sanctified and also we are said to be saints. When Paul wrote to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 1, at verse 2, he wrote to those who comprise the church of God at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. We have been set apart unto God, set apart from the world unto the usage of God. We are, as Peter said, an elect race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, whom he has called forth out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so we are saved individuals. We are sanctified people. We are saints of the Most High God. But then also we are servants one of the great trademarks of New Testament Christians is that they are servants. All of us need to view ourselves as servants. When Paul wrote to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, he said, we preach not ourselves, but we preach Christ Jesus our Lord and ourselves as your servants for his sake. The church today needs people who view themselves as servants of the Most High God. Jesus came to serve. And those of us who belong to his body are instructed to serve. And then also, we are said to be stewards. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, at verse 2, Paul said, That which is required of a steward is that a man be found faithful. As a child of God, as a member of the body of Christ, you are a steward of several things. Number one, you are a steward of the time that God has blessed you with on planet earth. Paul talks about in Ephesians 5 verse 16, 
redeeming the time because the days are evil. I don't know how much time we have, but I know one thing, we live in an evil age. John said the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. We only have a short time to live or sojourn here upon this earth. And so we have to use every bit of time that we have for the good of the cause of Christ. Sometimes individuals squander their time. They make poor usage of their time. Think about the time that you have. Surely there is a period of time in your week that you can rope off to engage in the work of the church. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But we are stewards of our time and also of our talents. I do not know what talents you possess, but whatever talents you have need to be harnessed for the cause of Christ. The worksheets that were handed out today. We have a list of, of things that you and I as members of the church here at Olive Branch can be involved in. I would encourage you to carefully look over these various areas of work. And please be involved. Be involved in the work of the church here. We need every member working together. The church at Madison many years ago was a growing, thriving congregation. Ira North was the preacher there. At one time, they were, if I recall correctly, the largest congregation in our brotherhood. And the question was posed on one occasion, what do you attribute to the success of this congregation? You know what the answer was? Involvement. Every member being involved. We have to have everybody involved. You have certain talents and abilities. You need to use those talents and abilities for the cause of Christ. Take the time that you have, invest that in the work of the church. Use your talents to bring honor and glory to God, and then also your treasures. On Wednesday night, I think we talked about evangelism for just a moment. And we said that there are two parts to evangelism. There is the going, and there is the sending. It may be the case that you and I physically cannot go to a foreign mission field. Maybe we, know, we do not have the expertise to go and to sit down and talk to other people about the gospel of Christ, but we can use the material blessings that God has bestowed on us to enable others to do so. Jesus said, go ye in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The command is simply to get the job done. And so what we have to do is be faithful in our stewardship, faithful stewards of our time, our talents, and our treasures. But then there's a second term we see in our lesson text. First, we see self. Secondly, we see the word steadfast. Herein lies the mandate of the great apostle Paul. Paul said, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable. I like to think about Christians literally digging their heels in and saying, we're not going to budge. We're going to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to be faithful to God, come what may. 
Now, I understand that there are a lot of forces at work that would seek to detract us and distract us from our efforts of serving the Lord. We know the work of Satan. The apostle Peter said, be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The exhortation in verse 9 of 1 Peter chapter 5, whom withstand steadfast in the faith. We're going to have to be steadfast and immovable when it comes to the advances of Satan. <clears throat> the idea of being steadfast and immovable brings to mind the importance of faithfulness to the cause of Christ. I appreciate your attendance here tonight. I appreciate the fact that you come on a regular basis. And let me just state in a very personal way, I appreciate this church. Not only do I appreciate this church, I love this congregation. And it is really a blessing for me to have the opportunity to stand in this pulpit and preach on a regular basis. And I say that with all sincerity. I really feel honored to be a part of the work of the church here. And one of my tasks is to preach and teach the word of God so that the church here will be fed spiritually. And hopefully inspire people to live faithfully to the Lord. So that one day all of us will be together in heaven. I know that Satan's doing everything he can to circumvent the faith of those who are God's people. And so in the Bible we read about some of the dangers inherent in Christianity. It may be possible that there are members who are a part of the church here that could be classified as wayside members. Well, what do we want to do? We want to encourage them. Our goal is to strengthen, to restore, so that everybody will be faithful to the Lord. Peter talks about those who have forsaken the right way in 2 Peter chapter 2 at verse 15. Of course, the world is another danger that faces us it threatens our Christian steadfastness. And James said, you adulteresses, know ye not that friendship with the world is enmity with God? One of the strongest tools that the devil uses to destroy the lives of God's people is the world. Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 4 at verse 10 of a man by the name of Demas, who at one time had been a faithful co-laborer of his. And he said, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. There are a lot of allurements out there in the world. And if you're not careful, before you know it, you are in the middle of worldly activities. Paul said we're not to be conformed unto the world, but rather we are to be transformed. That's the challenge. But sometimes we allow the world... To permeate our lives and thus before you know it we are worldly and do not even realize it now John said love not the world neither the things which are in the world if any man loves the world the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes the pride of life is not of the father but is of the world and the world passeth away and the lust thereof but he that doeth the will of the father abideth forever live faithfully for the Lord and then there are weak members. 
There are some who are not steadfast. They're not immovable because they are in a state of spiritual infancy. Some are just weak. The Hebrew writer talks about those who by reason of time ought to be teachers. But instead of being equipped to teach others, the Hebrew writer said they have need that someone sit down and reteach them the fundamentals of the truths of God. One of the byproducts of growing spiritually is that you and I can discern between what is right and wrong, good and evil. That's what the Hebrew writer said in Hebrews 5 verse 14. And so the mandate for all of us is to be steadfast, immovable. But then note, if you would, in the third place, the word service. Paul said, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. All of us are to be involved in the work of the church. That's our mission. There's a sense of personal involvement in the body of Christ. The church here, if it's going to be successful, it's going to entail every member joining hands together with a spirit of unity, working together for common good. We have common goals. We have common desires. And we're doing everything that we can to bring honor and glory to God. The Bible speaks a lot about how we are to be working members. Paul said we've been created in Christ Jesus unto good works in Ephesians 2 at verse 10. In the book of Titus, over and over again, the writer, that being Paul, reminds the, his readers of the importance of being involved in the work of the church. In Titus chapter 2 at verse 7, he said we are to be a pattern of good works. In chapter 2, verse 14, he said, we are to be zealous of good works. In chapter 3, verse 1, he said, we are to be ready unto every good work. In chapter 3, verse 8, he said, we are to be careful to maintain good works. In verse 14, he said, we need to learn to maintain good works. You get the idea. Those of us who belong to the body of Christ, we are to be abounding in the work of the Lord. What works are you involved in? The sheet that was passed out this morning, what areas did you identify in terms of your desire to be involved in on a regular basis? You know, when you talk about the work of the church, it's not rocket science. We're not talking about anything that's unrealistic. All of us can contribute. It may be making a telephone call. It might be sending a card. It might be teaching a class. It might be visiting a sick or wayward member. It might be involvement in personal Bible study, evangelism, benevolence. The elders of this church need your help. And I want to encourage you to please carefully think about how you can contribute to the work of this congregation. 
This morning I read some, some statistics about the growth of the church. Statistical data that I believe is encouraging concerning the church of Christ. Now look at our location. We're in a great location. And we have plenty of land. We have a nice building. If we want the church to grow, we have to work together. People aren't going to come just because we have a building here. They're going to come because we're working together. Because all of us are identifying our niche within the body and we say, look, we want to be involved. When individuals are working for the kingdom or working in the kingdom of God, progress is being made. Now, Paul said, always abounding in the work of the Lord. We need to view our service in the kingdom of God is, as something that is ongoing. It's not hit or miss. It's not sporadic, but it is ongoing. We're always involved in the work of the church. Fourthly, note our satisfaction. Wherein lies the motivation to be steadfast and immovable? Look at what Paul says. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not vain in the Lord. When you and I engage in the work of the church, we understand that we're doing so ultimately to bring honor and glory to God. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The works that we engage in ultimately bring honor and glory to God. God is glorified in the church, Ephesians 3, verse 21. But there's this personal satisfaction in knowing that we have a home reserved for us in heaven. Listen again to the words of Paul. Knowing that your labor is not vain in the Lord. The Hebrew writer said in Hebrews chapter 6, he said, the Lord is not unjust or unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. Do you remember the judgment scene pictured by Jesus in Matthew chapter 25? When he talked about those who are the sheep that will stand before him on that great and final day. He said, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick and in prison, and you visited me. And they asked the question, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or naked? A stranger, sick and in prison. And Jesus said, inasmuch as you did it to one of these least of my brethren, you did it unto me. And what were the words spoken to those on the right hand? Come, you blessed of my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Jesus here is talking to people that have labored and served in his kingdom. They've been faithful to him. They've been the kind of people that have always abounded in his work. And thus entrance into that glorious kingdom, according to the words of our Lord. Peter said that those of us who belong to the body of Christ, who are faithful, we have an inheritance it is incorruptible, it is undefiled, it fades not away, it's reserved in heaven for you. What about you tonight? Are you steadfast? 
Are you faithful to the Lord? Are you involved in the work of the church? If you're not involved in the work of the church, maybe you thought about it. Maybe you have been a partial contributor. Could I encourage you to seriously consider putting everything you have into helping the cause here at this location? Let's work together. Let's Let's put our hands to the plow and do everything within our power to lead people to Christ so that one day we can be together in heaven. The work of the church in this location has been entrusted into our hands. The success or failure of the work here is dependent on us. Now the church may grow, it may not grow. I believe it will grow because I believe if we do our part, God will do his part. But the satisfaction of knowing that we did everything we could to make the church here what the Lord would have it to be, that to me is a reward. That's rewarding. And so tonight, if you're here, you're not a member of the church of our Lord, we want to encourage you to come to Christ. We would encourage you to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The Lord loved you. He laid his life down for you, and he wants you to be saved. What would you need to do? You need to believe that he's the Son of God, John 8, 21. Repent of every sin, Luke 13, 3. Confess his name before others, Acts 8, verse 37. Be immersed in water for the remission of your sins, Acts 2, verse 38. At which time the Lord will add you to the church, Acts 2, 47. And Christ is the Savior of the church, the body, Ephesians 5, verse 23. If you're unfaithful to the cause of Christ, maybe you've not lived as you should. Maybe you've not been involved as you should. Well, we want to encourage you to become involved. Maybe you've not been faithful to the Lord. Could we pray with you and for you? The beauty is that God will abundantly pardon, Hebrews 8, 12. The Hebrew writer said, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, their sins and their iniquities I will remember no more. Could we encourage you as we stand and sing?